Hey, all welcome to the Common Good Podcast. Dan, we timed that little uh, beginning right to the drum beat there. I didn't didn't know that was coming. Oh yeah. Hey, if you're perfect. watching on the on the live stream, you know, we started with a little uh, 20 second lead-in music with a timer on there because we know, you know, when you're scrolling, you're like, uh, I don't know if I've got 10 seconds to wait for this video to start. Uh, but we want to give people a little chance to warm up for two reasons. It takes people a while to get on the on the live stream. We don't want them to miss a thing. But secondly, there's some technical issues yeah. that happen with audio because of the system we're using that sometimes gets garbled in the first few seconds and we're trying to work that out. All of that to say, we're working constantly around here at the Vote Common Good podcast to give you the best experience you can have. So uh, stick with us. Uh, in fact, we have a bunch of announcements about that today. Big changes happening. I mean, the kinds of changes that are just going to really, uh, yeah. Life yeah, changing. These are, yeah. these are changes for the better. Uh, you know, Dan, this thing people often say that they don't like change. I, I don't know that that's true. People don't like change. Like if someone came to you and said, Hey, uh, your life is going to change. We're going to deposit $500,000 into your bank account. Uh, that's, that's a change. It's a big change. Uh, hey, here's a change. You can quit your job. Hey, here's, here's a change. You can get the job you want. Hey, here's a change. You're going to meet, have a new relationship. It's going to you know, become significant in your life. All of those are changes. People love those changes. We, we seek them. <laughs> Even people are like, I, I don't really like change. You would take the auto deposit of 500000 You would take the new relationship. You might take the new job. It's not change anybody fears, in my theory. It's loss. What people don't want is to lose out on something that they used to have. I had this. Now something's different, and I don't have that. That's what people fear. So around here, all of our changes... They're just adding things to you. You're gonna, you're gonna, you lose absolutely nothing. Just, it's a just, gift. Just adding up. <laughs> well, hello, Dave McDermott. Uh, it's Monday. Yes, it is. It's Monday. Did I say Tuesday? Or is he, is he just reminding me that it's Monday and that we're back on? I wonder if I misspoke. Uh, hey, Dave. Uh, yes, uh, it's Monday, May second. It's ten thirty-eight a.m. in the Central Time Zone, where I am outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and the weather is again horrible. It has been a tough three months of weather around here. 43 degrees out, wet, rainy. We're t we've been 20 degrees below average for the last weeks and cloudy. And uh, it's a uh, good thing we're yeah, tough people. How, how are things there in South Bend, Indiana, where it's where you live in the future? It's already 11.39 a.m. where you are. So I wonder what... Yeah, well, it hasn't warmed up yet, even an hour into the future. It's cold and dreary and wet. Yeah. The, so the, you're, you're telling me the future is the same as, as the past for me. An, an hour from now, it's going to be the same for me as it is right now. Yep. Hey, uh, a lot of things going on. Oh, a beautiful day in Ohio. Well, of course, because well, Ohio is just always, always the best. Um, really glad for you. Hey, uh, some changes coming here to the Vote Common Good uh, ecosystem of things that we're spreading. You know, our primary work is to help uh, all people make the common good their voting criteria, and especially faith voters. And specifically, the faith voters who tend to feel trapped in a Republican identity. And there's a lot of people for whom their, their faith, especially their Christian faith, ensnares them in a political system as well. And a lot of people don't want that. They didn't know that by going to a church or becoming a believer in a, in a religion or becoming a Christian meant that you are also going to have to be a Republican. Or they didn't realize that republicanism, political stances are a separate choice from your, your faith identity. 
faith and politics don't always have to go hand in hand. And so there's a lot of people who are realizing that they want to see a real change in their political stance while their faith continues calling them forward or their faith has changed significantly. And because their faith has changed significantly, now they're wanting to see other changes in the way they view politics and they're trying to figure out their political Life. So that's what we do at Vote Common Good. We do this with voters. We work with candidates. In fact, I just got off of a training for a fellow running for the Senate in Missouri. We're, we do training for people who are running for office on how to connect honestly and with sincerity with, uh, with faith voters who often wouldn't even give a Democrat a second look. And it's not because we only want Democrats. It's because we want common good candidates to be elected. And it seems like that's mostly it's, Democrats these not days. Not everyone. Not every Democrat I've ever seen is a common yeah. good candidate, for sure. Sometimes the, the Democrats that I support um, get things wrong and, and go the opposite of, of common good. I love them as a candidate. I love them as a politician, but they're wrong on a topic. Yep, thinking about you, Chris Coons. Yeah, I'm thinking about you, Mark Kelly. Yes, I'm thinking about you, Kirsten Cinema, about your opposition to the Biden administration lifting Title 42. But... Overall, think you're common good candidates and, and you're up to some good things. And sometimes there's some Republicans who are that way. It's going to go through a list of them, but I'm having a hard time pulling one up in this, in this current age because even the people who used to be that way uh, just feel like they've lost their courage because there's been a hostile takeover of the uh, Republican Party by uh, the elements that I think are uh, supportive of a big lie and are supportive of tactics of the insurrection in order to get their way. And we're supportive of a president that I think was uh, out of character and uh, incompetent to a point of being dangerous. But your choice, if you want to pick one political party over the other, what we want people to do is feel agency, feel the ability to decide where their political allegiances lie separate from their faith, informed by, fueled by, uh, called forward by their faith, all of those things, for sure. That's what we want people doing. And for a lot of people, they need a community that helps them set aside uh, a, a simple political script and to make the common good their voting criteria. So we produce a lot of content for this, as I mentioned, candidates and, and voters and the media on all kinds of topics, on immigration, on voting, on Christian nationalism and the threat that Christian nationalism is to the United States democracy, on voting, on on. Uh, a myriad of issues around economics, all kinds of stuff. So, so that's what we do. And we're always asking ourselves, Dan, the question, what's the best way to get that out? Well, one of the ways that you all know is that we're producing these three to five day a week long form podcasts and we live stream those podcasts. That's what you're watching or listening to right now, right? This is what we do. Sometimes it's Dan and I in conversation. Sometimes it's Dan and Rob. Sometimes it's a uh, guest. Sometimes it's a panel of guests like we've had on our faith days when Stephanie and Laura and Dominique were along for that ride. Sometimes it's just me talking straight to camera. Sometimes it's us interacting with you. A lot of formats and then myriad guests that we have in, the, in, in our constellation for the podcast. The long form podcast interview... I think it's really super. I think it's great. I think it's something we need to do and we need to have, and we're going to keep producing it. But big changes coming to all of this. One of those changes is that we're going to start to do some work with some of the long-form podcasts on their video side to edit those so that you can have just little snippets that you can share more easily with friends. I, I know you've, you've all been clamoring for this. We just, we, we hear you saying, Hey, uh, 
14 minutes into the podcast, there was this bit that I thought was really great. I would love for my friends to watch it to hear it, and I want to share it with them. It's just kind of hard to share the whole video and then say fast forward up to 14 minutes. Like every time you add another step to uh, an action, people end up not doing it. So we're going to do some of that work for you. We're going to start editing portions out of the videos from the live stream of the podcast so that you can share those more easily. Now, we're hoping that you're always sharing the podcast and you're sharing uh, the, the full videos if it's captured your imagination. But we also know that there's sometimes something short that you want to share, a couple of minutes long. So we're going to be producing some of that for all of you. But in addition to that, and here's the big reveal. Here's the, here's the big statement, the thing that you know, got you to click on this, on this video about the, the, the big news around here. We're going to move our primary video presence nearly exclusively to YouTube. That doesn't mean we're not going to have some things here on Facebook or if you're watching on Twitch or you're watching on Twitter. We'll put some things there. For sure, all that edited stuff we're going to put there. Occasionally, some long-form material. Maybe we're experimenting with this. Maybe starting the podcast uh, live stream on those other channels, YouTube, I'm sorry, on Facebook and Twitch and uh, Twitter. And then saying, hey, now to keep this conversation going, you have to head on over to YouTube to, to do that. So we're going to be moving to YouTube. Now, some of you are already watching this on YouTube. So for you, no change. I mean, smash that like button and click on that subscribe button if you haven't already. That's, uh, and we've learned a lot. And I want to share with you some of what we've learned about YouTube and why we want to go over there and why certain actions we're going to do are, are matter. So if you don't know YouTube already, uh, I'm not saying you don't know it, that it exists. Um, well, frankly, if you don't. Newfangled thing uh, called YouTube. That would be awesome if people really didn't know. <laughs> and they were like, hang on, I'm getting now. Say, say, say that, say that. Uh, a tube, a tube just for you. I mean, and uh, Brandon Pfeiffer tuning in from no change YouTube. So no change, no change from Brandon. Brandon, what, what, where is Life Brandon is watching? Easy. What's his? Where, where, where's he watching from? He's watching He's from YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, no change for you, yeah. YouTube buddy. Uh, no change at all. Uh, but click that subscribe button and click that like. Click that like button. Here's the thing. YouTube allows us to do a whole lot of things with our other video content that I'm going to describe in a minute. That we want to do. So we're going to be producing some new fresh content as well because all that the to accomplish those goals that we had of helping people to disassociate their faith identity from their political party identity that we think is so important to move people forward for the common good. That's something that we take very seriously and want people to get good at. And so there's some additional content that we're working on that we're going to be putting over there on on YouTube. And there's a couple of reasons that we're going to do that. The way each one of the social networks, right, whether it's Twitch or Snapchat or Twitter, is Twitter still around? It's still a thing? Oh, yeah. Somebody just bought it. Um, uh, Canceled. Boy, there's a lot of political class uh, talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Like this weekend, I listen to lots of podcasts and radio stuff, and boy, everybody's just chiming in on it like we were last week. And I was like, boy, it feels so last week. Why are they still talking about this? <laughs> Still, so, thing so we're wherever about. you watch all of all of all of these things, um, each one of those streams has their own reason for existing. There's not a lot of duplication across social channels. Like if you don't know how Snapchat works, or you don't know how Twitter operates, or you don't understand Instagram, or you feel like 
Um, what's what's the other one that I'm, that I'm forgetting? The one people, where people dance. TikTok. TikTok. You don't know how TikTok. <laughs> you don't know how TikTok. Dance. And I, I, you know, people keep saying, "No, there's a lot of things on TikTok that aren't people dancing." And I keep trying. And man, alive, it's a lot of lip syncing and a lot of dancing, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> well, you get a you got to get over to magnet fishing side of TikTok. Oh. I follow these guys that just tie a giant magnet to a rope and throw it in rivers and find metal things. Oh. And it's really exciting. They're not looking for fish. The, the mercury in all of our fish doesn't no. make them magnetic. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. They're not, they're fishers of metal objects. I thought maybe fish. they're fishers of, of metal objects. <laughs> I, I call you to be fisher of metal objects. <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look that up. But each one of those outlets, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Google, uh, they all have their own reason for existing. There's a lot of really great benefits to each one of them, and we have a presence on all of them. In fact, if you don't follow us on all those different channels, even on Snapchat, or I'm sorry, even on Tw- even on TikTok, for crying out loud, I just got a tick in my brain about TikTok. I can't. I, maybe I need to write it down. Even on TikTok, we're on all those channels. You can follow us, and we'd love f- for you to. But you know, as a person, that you probably have your preference. Maybe it's three or four that you use, and you don't use the others, or maybe it's only one. There's some that you like more and you feel more connected to. There's some things that YouTube allows us to do that we want to do. Part of it is monetization. Part of it is long-term sharing and maintaining of videos. So if you're watching this on Twitter or you're watching this on Facebook, the chances of you finding this video three years from now is nearly impossible. Now, you might say to yourself, why would I want to? Well, there's going to be some good reasons. Some of our content is more evergreen and some of it <laughs> is not. YouTube is designed not only to help billions of people watch videos and see content, but to be able to not have a as built in of a time restriction to do that. So there's some things that we talk about that six months and two years from now, we think is still content that people are going to want. So we want content over there. Here's the struggle. When you spread all of our followers out across all the, all the systems, we don't get the benefit of any one of the places. So we partner with the Christian left where this video is being played right now, hundreds of thousands of Facebook viewers. We really want all of those people to know about our content. Our own YouTube, our own Facebook channel, uh, Vote Common Good, 50,000 people have said, keep me up to date on what these people are doing. We want them all to stay up to date. But when you spread people out between channels and all these other places, you don't benefit from the collective force of all of those people. So YouTube is a place where we want people, if they're willing, and look, if you're not willing to go over to YouTube and become a YouTube person and follow this thing on YouTube, we get it. We're going to give you enough on Facebook and all. We're not done on Facebook or anything. Just our primary distribution for our video content is going to move over there. Now, we're going to try to figure out some ways to... You know, obviously, we'll take the link from YouTube and put it on Facebook. But Facebook has its own algorithm, as you probably know. And they like to tell you that when people are live on Facebook, they want to tell you that because you're on Facebook. When you put up a YouTube video on Facebook, Facebook's like, okay, but we're not really all that thrilled for people to leave Facebook's platform and go over to YouTube. 
So they don't help you with that. They don't care if you're bouncing between Instagram and Facebook. In fact, they'll integrate those two things where a lot of us just see repeats if you follow organizations or people on both platforms and you know how they're being auto-posted because they own that same company. So it's one company. But in this case, there's going to be more benefit to us to be at YouTube, even though Facebook is not going to help us as much to promote to promote all that. So we really do want you over there on, on YouTube. And, and partly it's because it's not just for this long-form podcast, and it's not just for the way we're going to chop up the podcast into bite-sized niblets for you to easily share, which we hope that you, hope that you do and hope that you will. So we're going to be producing a bunch of other content, some of it specifically geared for YouTube. We're going to do some bits of these like common good explainer videos. That's, that's, that's what I'm referring to them now or kind of thinking about them. We'll, we'll come up with a better title than that, of course. But the idea is that there's a whole lot of things about what we mean by the common good and how you make the common good your voting criteria and how do you deal with politics and what about your faith and what about this idea? What about this political policy? What about this way of being? How, how do you build relationships with people that you have disagreements with? All this kind of content that we spend a lot of time thinking about and want to help other people to, to engage with and understand, we're going to produce that into these little like straight-to-YouTube-designed explainers on topics that we know matter to all of you. So that's going to inv invoke all of you to participate with us in this way. We want you to help us come up with these topics. Look, don't you, the, sh share with us what you want to hear about, what you think you want us to make some explainer videos on. It can be as simple as, I don't understand X, or would you say more about this? Or maybe it's a long paragraph because you're not even sure how to say it. You just have a sense, you have a feeling about something, you have an, a lived experience, and you're trying to say to yourself, how do I, how do I get this into, the, into words, and how can I understand this better? We'll take any of that. We really want your input on what you want to hear. We have a very long set of lists of things that we're working on you know, for, for these explainer videos. <laughs> But we also want to include what you think is important and what you want to hear from and your own specific ideas. If you were sitting down next to us with a piece of paper here, could you write this down? Uh, would you, what would you write down on the piece of paper for us to include in our, in our topics? So we're going to be producing those. And those are really designed to last for a long time. Now, now here's the thing. When you want the same people who want to absorb the live form podcasts to also have access to those videos, we want them in the same ecosystem. So we want you to have a singular experience. Now, yes, we will be sharing those on Twitter and on Facebook and on our webpage and all the rest of it. But the social dynamic that we want around those videos, we want to happen over on YouTube. So uh, we're, making, we're making the move here soon. Uh, how quickly we stop putting the long form version of this podcast on Facebook and on Twitch and on Twitter because we simul simultaneously post these to all those places. But by the way, if you wonder how we do that, it's not magic. We buy a system <laughs> called Restream. Um, uh, I don't, Dan, there's probably like a share screen feature in there sometimes. We should we should like show people the back end about how all this stuff works. Like you should show them oh, what yeah. Ecamm looks like. We use this thing called Ecamm, which is what allows the video to look the way that it does. And then we use Restream, and Restream then lets you send this to, I think we send it to four or more Facebook pages. 
and to a couple Twitter accounts and to YouTube channels and to Twitch. And um, it's just going out to multiple, multiple places all the time. Some point we're going to send all of that to YouTube. Uh, and we're trying to figure out the best way. Truthfully, the biggest worry, the biggest hangup on this is we don't want to leave the people that have already committed to listening and following and commenting and being part of this community. We don't want to leave you behind if you're on one of those other, uh, other channels. So we're trying to figure out how to bring you along because people don't fear change. They fear loss. And we're going to try to have this be lossless. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try to do a loss mitigation effort here to have you lose less of what you like and to gain more of what you want. All right, so we're going to do long-form podcasts, conversations, discussions. We're going to do these tight, really well-crafted explainer videos. And we're also going to rekindle this fall a thing called Lectionary, which some of you may be connected with us uh, in 2020 when we did Lectionary. When the pandemic pulled us off the road and put everybody buried into their houses, we knew that the other political pandemic was still facing us, right? So in March of 2020, when we saw the coronavirus pandemic strike the world, we also knew that there was a political pandemic coming uh, in November with the election of the next president of the United States. And we thought, we can't stop working to stop a future pandemic-like experience in politics just because of a health pandemic. So we had to, we couldn't travel the country the way we wanted to, and we had to pivot to an idea. And we pivoted to the idea of a once a week online, hour and a half long program done live called Lectionary, Biblical Reflections for This Election. Uh, the Lectionary is um, a thing that, uh, that the churches use. It's a calendar that they follow, which includes topics and Bibles, passages, and all this kind of stuff. So if you're from a liturgical background, you might know that your church doesn't have to come up with what are we going to talk about on Sunday. It's part of a whole liturgical calendar that over a course of seven years, you end up making your way through all the material in the Christian tradition and so on. And lots of churches and lots of denominations uh, use the same lectionary or versions of different lectionaries. So we did a thing called the electionary for the election and biblical reflections on the, one of the great puns and titles, frankly, that, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that we've come up with. So electionary. Well, we're going to do that again uh, for nine weeks, starting in September, likely on Tuesday nights. Got to bring it back just yeah, for you, the name. You, really, it's like a wasted name. Why, why would you uh, leave that go? I mean, that's, we got a political season coming. We think about these things. So we're going to be producing some live uh programming with speakers and reflections and some music and just the stuff that we do. And because we had to start that other one in the middle of a pandemic with no running start at all, like what are we going to do? We had one version of it. We're making a running start at this one though. And we're going to hit this diving board and uh, we're going to produce an electionary that's going to be quite the, uh, quite the experience. So that's coming. So keep your ears and eyes out for that, right? So you got long form podcasts, you've got Uh, these explainer videos. We've got the electionary. And then we're also going to start doing a monthly vote common good Q&A experience for people. I think we're probably going to end up calling it not by the letters Q&A, which tend to, you know, which refer to question and answer. And they question and answer tends to say like, you have a question and someone has an answer. Now that's good. Like when you're trying to search for, you know, the how do you reprogram your 
computer or your phone or how do you use an app or something like that. You just have questions and somebody has an answer and you're trying to find the answer that you can't that you, that you can't find otherwise, right? So it's Q and A like that. But we're talking about a little bit, little less of that because sometimes when that's happening on issues or topics, what people are really saying is they have a comment and then they want there to be a response. And that comment could be in the form of a question. It could be in the form of a story. It could be in the form of a reflection. And then they want someone else to respond to it. And not necessarily questioning and answering. They're commenting and they want a mm -hmm. response. So we want that. We want a Q&A, a CNR kind of experience for people in the Vote Common Good world. And you can ask questions to either of us that you see in the podcast a lot or any of the assortment of people in our Vote Common Good universe. And there's all kinds of them. There's politicians and there's influencers and there's pastors and there's uh, uh, activists. There's all kinds of people. So we want you to start putting together some questions and then or some comments that could become form of a question. And then we're going to have some people respond, maybe giving you an answer or maybe giving you another question to ask. And we're going to put that together into another format. So that will happen with us pre-asking pre for questions and comments and then preparing people to respond to those. So it's not going to be, you know, like just online versions of people raising their hand and then someone just off the cuff coming up with a response to it. <laughs> so we're going to start putting that together in a monthly sense. There will be a version of Q&A in there that's live. You know, we'll, while we're doing this, some of it will be pre-recorded responses. And other times we're going to be doing it live and people can then respond right then. So all of that's going to be coming uh, as well. So if you have questions or comments both about the political situation we're in, about the work that we do, about the perspective that some of us hold, uh, we want to respond very directly to that with a monthly uh, uh Q&A, CNR kind of, kind of experience. Uh, more, more is coming. Uh, two more things. What a lot of us have experienced is that in the last decade, maybe even more specifically in the last five years, there's been a riff in our personal relationships with people that we care about because of politics. Maybe because of politics and faith, but we feel torn. Maybe like you, uh, or, or sorry, maybe like me, you have lost friends, people that you just can't speak to anymore, people you don't want to speak to anymore, or family members that you just can't talk about topics you used to talk about because you've lacked the skill and the ability to have that conversation in a way that's going to not make things worse and would you know could possibly make things better. So it's really hard, and a lot of us are living in that space. We're working on a curriculum around that how you can enter in fearlessly to conversations about politics and faith with people who matter to you. Now, these fearless conversations are not designed for how do you talk to a stranger? How do you convince the person at work? How do you get your neighbor down the street? We're not starting there. We're starting with how do you have conversations and repair relationships with people who matter to you? This is actually the tougher work. Look, we can all figure out how to like live well with our neighbors if we just focus on garbage pickup and kids playing soccer and, you know, can we all, you know, not mow our lawns in May in the Midwest so the bees have a chance to, to thrive, which is actually a good idea. Like you can, that's easy, but what do you do with your daughter or your son-in-law or with your parent or your uncle or your best friend from 10 years ago or the person that used to see at parties and really liked them and now you can't even look at them anymore? 
what do you do about those relationships? So that's what these fearless conversations are going to be about. We're going to produce a bunch of curriculum around that. Some of it's going to be written on our website and distributed through all the social channels, and some of it's going to be video-driven. You see where I'm going with this. We want all of that to be in the same ecosystem. So all the stuff that we're producing that has us looking at cameras or looking at uh, or creating audio, we want people to be have that all in one place where they can get it. Because frankly, there's just a lot more that we put out than we can keep in any one container, especially on the social channels of Facebook and Twitch and Twitter and all the rest of it. And then finally, and then Rob will, or Rob, then Dan will get into some of this um, in the chat because Rob is going to be here tomorrow and he'll tell us more about this on our Tuesday conversation because Tuesday is when we focus on politics. We're launching an effort called Common Good Candidates. This is for people running for office around the country at the federal level and at the state level who want to identify as a candidate of common good values. And so we're creating a uh, network of these people and they all have material that they're going to share with you on what it means to be a common good candidate so all the common good candidates material is also going to be in there now our hope is that you start to see how all this would work together right you might watch an explainer video or you might hear something in a Q&A or you might be in the fearless conversations and that will lead you then over to the long form podcast or you're in a conversation with someone and they say, I don't understand Democratic candidates at all. And you're like, well, let me show you a, a playlist of a bunch of these people who are congressmen and women and senators and you want to see them talking about what it means to be about the common good. We want all of that to be accessible to you in the most clean and simple and easy ways. Um, and, you know, we will embed all this video stuff in the other places, website and all the rest of that, uh, but we do need it all to be in one place. And so that all of that has led us to the conclusion that we need to become YouTube-centric <laughs> in, in what we're up to. All right, that was a lot. I got a thirty-minute, you know, just preview explainer for the uh, uh, what, what what we have going. So, uh, okay, if you have comments, uh, put them in the chats. By the way, whether you're commenting on Twitter or on Facebook or on YouTube currently, I see all of those just as comments on my screen. Dan sees them with an indicator as to where they've come from, what channel they've come from. Uh, so, we'd love for your input right now. Um, love your uh, your thoughts. Um, yeah, Bonnie says prefer watching on YouTube, but that's just me. Great, Bonnie. Great, Bonnie. Tell us Stay a little there. bit about that. Uh, tell us why you like it on YouTube. Write that up for us. There, would you even now, uh, or if you want to write it later, we'll we'll include it for the people who are not YouTube proficient quite yet. What uh, what what is it about the YouTube experience that you like? Well, and Peggy uh, mentions I can watch YouTube on oh. my television. Yeah, that's a great point. You can just pop that up on the TV and. Uh, then be scrolling Twitter on Peggy your phone has made TV stuff. stars out of us, Dan. That's that's really something. Oh, that's a, that's we're, we're we're Danny Strong level here. This is this is really exciting for us. Uh, Look, mom. Yeah, on but TV. but it is true. You're, the monitor that you use could be your phone as a monitor. It could be a computer, a desktop like I'm looking at right now, or a laptop. It could be an iPad. It could be uh, probably probably an Amazon or a Google device. Um, sure, they. Do that probably an Android lets you get on YouTube, right? I'm just teasing because they own it. Because you know YouTube is owned by Google, by the way, everybody. Uh, but also your television, as Peggy is saying, that whether with a smart TV or with some sort of a intermediate box, you know, like a Chromecast or an Apple TV or something, you can you can watch YouTube on there. I do that a lot. It's actually pretty pretty great because you're 
you're in your couch position, you know? You're not in your desk position or your phone position or your laptop position. You're on the couch and you're laying around. Way better for your posture. You're not hunched over looking at a screen. Yeah. Not, not me, man. When I sit on the couch, somehow my shoulders like get below my hips. I'm not exactly sure. I put my feet up on the coffee table. <laughs> I sink back into that cu- and I look at myself and I get little alligator arms about my computer with me uh, sitting on my lap. And I'm like, this is the most, like who would, who would, yeah, hands. who would choose this position uh, ever? And I seem to do it all the time. Uh, just, just terrible. Po- when Shelly comes in the room, she's just like, "Oh my gosh, would you sit up?" Uh, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I've, somehow I've slid into, I don't know, some position where my knees are clearly above my shoulders, uh, and my butt's kind of hanging off the couch." Look, whether you sit up properly on a couch, as I'm sure Peggy does, with with good posture and a strong core, or you you throw your knees above your shoulders and lay there, uh, you know, staring over to the right and getting a crink in your neck like I do. Um, We'd love it. Now, now, look, uh, Stevens just made a, a good point. Um, uh, YouTube runs ads. Part of the way that you're, you're paid as a content provider on YouTube, if your videos are watched enough, is that they share ad revenue with you. Parenthetically, something that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch do not do. They don't share. If you're super into Facebook, you know there is a way that you can enter into this sharing thing, but it's it's not legitimate as a real income source. But part of the way they do that is that they sell ads. So sometimes you'll have to watch these 15 seconds worth of ads, which I find intolerable. So I pay for premium YouTube, <laughs> and I don't remember how much it is, but it's enough... It's cheap enough to make it worth it, which for me would mean that it probably has to be less than $100,000 because I would probably be willing to pay $100,000 to not, ha- <laughs> to Nearly not any give you my house. To avoid those. Could you just take my house so I don't have to watch ads um, that have absolutely not... I mean, the quality of the ads are great, uh, but boy, I just, don't, I just don't want to watch them. And I certainly don't want to watch them in the middle of a video, which is something that they do. Yeah. It's a downside. So uh, Stephen is saying that it's 12, 12 bucks well, a month. Says, yeah. God, I hope I'm not spending that much. Not Am bad. I really spending that much? Am I spending 150 <laughs> bucks a year? I was kidding about that. Give you my house. There's no, no amount. It's making me rethink. Side note on the targeted ads, I feel like I've really befuddled <gasps> the algorithms. I'm, I'm getting targeted for stethoscopes, like to purchase a new stethoscope. <laughs> like Twitter thinks I'm a doctor. <laughs> Looking for the best new stethoscope. I didn't even know that was like. There's different brands. Wow. Different types. I I, I I'll take it. Twitter thinks I'm a yes, doctor. Yes, or, or they think you're like the. Is there a special person who works with a works with? Is it just an ear, nose, and throat person? Maybe they think you're, a, you're like you're in a specialty. You know, like <laughs> you're not just a doctor. You somehow you became an ear, nose, and throat. There's a name for that, right? Isn't there a name for the ear, nose, and throat people? Um, it's not just ENTs. Is that it? ENT. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. I thought there was a fancier, so. yeah. uh, science, a you know, Latin feeling word, name uh, for yeah. it all. Yeah. Look, this is a thing over on YouTube um, that you either have to watch ads or you have to pay for premium. Now, it's going to be worth it. But if you'd rather watch the ads and send us eleven ninety nine a month for the content that we provide, that's even better. Like, tr- truly, that's that's uh, that's probably all fine. <laughs> I don't know how, uh, Stephen. I don't know if you would know this or or. Uh, 
Peggy or Barbara who watch this on YouTube. If you don't have a premium account, do they run ads during the live stream or is it only during recorded videos? Do you know that, Dan? Is that is that an answer thing that's already answerable to us? I don't think it interrupts a live stream. Okay. With ads. So if you so if you don't want to pay for it and you want to watch it all without ads, you just have to tune in when it's happening. I could be wrong though. They might might <laughs> right stick middle, one right in the and middle then, and then catch right up after this. Uh, later. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, here here's another thing uh, that, that YouTube allows us to do is we get to look at a stunningly complex level of data about people who watch our mm-hmm. videos. Um so I didn't know this, Peggy, but we now know where in your living room your television is sitting. So that's a shocking amount of information that we that, that we know from an algorithm. <laughs> no, no, we don't know anything about you, particularly as an individual, other than that someone like you, if you have a login, we know your things that you know that you told Google. Maybe your gender, maybe your age, maybe your location. We probably picked that up from your IP address. They also let you know, like, what device someone is watching on. Are they watching it on a phone? Are they watching it on a tablet? Are they watching it on this operating system? How many how, minutes are they watching? How many minutes? Yeah. Now, this is where it gets really helpful for us because one of the things that we want to do is we want to be responsive and give to you the content that you want. We also there's some things we just want to say. You know that it's always this thing when you're in the in the content when you're in a. a product generating business, whether you're making a widget or selling a soft drink or an automobile or digital content, whatever you're selling to the world, the big question is this one that's kind of summed up in Henry Ford, not a great guy politically and personally back in the 19, early 1900s (laughs) through the 1930s, but he did innovate the Ford automobile and the automated system. And Dan, do you know the statement from from uh, from Ford, where Henry Ford, where he says, "Look, if I asked people before there was an automobile, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have told me a faster horse." Yeah. What I had to do was envision what could we make that people would want, so that I create the future desires, not just the current desires. That's my ad lib on the. Last part. It's a real question. And this is a big thing for anybody producing anything. Like how much do you ask your customers what they want versus create the new expectation of what they're going to desire? Apple is famous when Steve Jobs was there for him. Like, I don't, I'm not going to ask people what they want. We have a vision for what could exist and that's what we're going to make. And then you know what people are going to want? The stuff we make. Right. You know what they didn't ask is if I wanted a whole bunch of dongles and adapters <laughs> to connect anything to my computer or yeah, phone. Yeah, they didn't say to you, hey, uh, is it more important for you to have your computer be three millimeters thinner and then carry a thing that is 10 millimeters thicker? A big, dumb-looking, clunky I, thing I, that you lose all the time. I mean, look, I, I am into... I'm into the Apple ecosystem. I won't go anywhere else. Yeah. That's that's it. I'm in. I, I'm trapped. I'm, I'm I'm in like a you know like a like a love affair. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't see the you know that it doesn't mean I don't approach them with the but I love you anyway attitude. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah, they sure didn't ask. But this is the idea, right? Do you create content that yeah. people want 
or do you create content that people didn't know that they wanted? Now, at some point, you're having to like start from somewhere and there's someone who wants it. And you know, this is true of a lot of producers, especially people that are artists or bands, or I used to talk about this with church, people starting churches, was make the thing that you want. Like make a church that you want to go to. When I would talk to church pastors, so many of them were like, I don't even like going to the church that I pastor. Some of them were like, I don't even like going to the church that I started. Like, why would you make something <laughs> you don't you like? Doing? And then they would say yeah. things like, well, because there's some, the people's like it. Like, well, if you're not one of them, then why are you doing it? Like, let somebody else make the thing that the other people want. I've never mm-hmm. understood that. I know a lot of bands are this way, right? Where they're like, do we make the music that we know and love and can make? Which I'm doing now with my guitar, which again is, you know, a, a small chimpanzees have found their way into a guitar studio and are banging on things sound. That's the music that I like to produce uh, <laughs> here in my basement. Um, where the right hand, strumming hand, cannot seem to just move for 45 seconds without pausing and stopping, especially if my left hand changes at all. That's that's the music that I really enjoy. So that's the music that I create because uh, I'm a new guitarist. Is it that? Do you create the thing you want or do you create the thing that other people want? Um, well, we want to do both of those things. Um, and hopefully... Mm-hmm. It's the same. Hopefully the stuff we like is the stuff that you and many, many other people like. But how do we know, right? Well, analytics tell you that. So when you get into YouTube and you get into the system that they have there, boy, you can see some things. You can watch, You can look on any video and see when participation goes up or goes down. There's that like button on YouTube that we ask people to click. It's like the thumbs up on, on Facebook. If you'd thumbs up right now, if you're watching this on Facebook or if you would, you know, uh, thumbs up at what, what is it on Twitter when you give it a, a like, is it just a like or a little love or like, or yeah, it's a, like. a, little it's heart. a little heart or on YouTube, if you give it a like, well on Twitter and on Facebook, we can't see when you did that on YouTube. You can see right when people do it. You, it, you can look just at the interaction around that. So what you can start to see is, hey, at the beginning of this video, you had this much interaction. Later, you had this much interaction or viewership went down at this point. And you look over a series of videos and you're like, at that point, it keeps going down. So you look at the video and you think, what was going on there? Maybe it was time. Maybe it was content. Maybe it's someone staying off topic. Maybe it's someone using too many tangents. Maybe it's, you know, uh, (laughs) lack of humor. Things we could never yeah. be accused. I'm just, of. I'm just saying hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically, that yeah. someone would find themselves <laughs> just intolerably irritated by the side comments. Uh, something that you know, other people with a fine, pe- a fi- fine humorous pedigree enjoy. <laughs> That's what you can get at YouTube, and it matters. And not only can we see what your experience is in each video, we can see it over time. We can say, when do you produce, like just a lot of things that matter when what we want to do is to communicate to as many people as possible. So I'm doing two things here. I'm trying to be a bit of an apologist for why we're going to make this this shift. And I don't mean apologizing, maybe a little bit, but I mean making the argument for this move. But I also want you to know that your behavior over there matters to us. 
So we're not just being willy-nilly about the stuff we're going to be looking at at YouTube. We're going to look very precisely and very carefully to see what uh, is working with people. In other words, we want some feedback. And that's also something we don't get on podcasts. What we get on podcasts is how many downloads we have and how many subscribers and that. But we don't get to see your behavior in real time. Now, some of you are probably thinking, okay, that freaks me out. I don't want <laughs> you doing that. Big yeah. brother Doug. Are you kidding creeping? me right now? I, I don't want Again, as close as I can, I don't know what YouTube people know about you, Barbara and Peggy and Steven and, other, and Brandon. I just know what we know about you, and it's nothing specific about you. We just know what behavior is of groups of people, and we can, you know, sort that and look through that, that, that material the way that we want. So all of that, you know, how we can save things, how we can share them, how we can create these playlists, how we can uh, look at analytics, all of that is something that is in the YouTube ecosystem that we frankly have not taken advantage of until this point. We have been, for a great, a great part of our uh, four years of life around Common Good, we have been Facebook-centric. And um, we're now going to become video-wise YouTube centric, and uh, and and also all those other all those other things. Continued long form podcasts, which we probably are going to be moving to three days a week as opposed to five days a week. And here's why: Look, if you've listened this long, you care about this. <laughs> we want to take the same time that goes into making these live podcasts happen into editing the other ones that exist already and make them more accessible to you. So it just makes it better and easier. Um, and that's a trade-off that we've had to make to make sharing of snippets better and easier for you. It means time has to be spent on that. So Dan and I will be spending time doing those kinds of things. So the podcast, long-form podcast, is going to continue. And we're likely going to move it a little earlier in the morning. Now, if you're uh, watching this on the West Coast, you're like, uh, earlier in the morning means yesterday. That's what earlier in the morning means because it's already <laughs> some ridiculous hour. Um, but some of this has to do with our own kind of work schedules and some other things and being able to give ourselves enough time to get some quick edits done on the same day so that things that we're putting up can come out. So it all has to do with that. It's starting to sound like, Dan, we've thought a bit about this. Now, we have a lot more work to do. There's more things to think about, but we, we put a little <laughs> bit into this. Um, and... Uh, some might say we think too much about it. You think that's possible? Yeah. Uh, well, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny. I, I, I am. You know, did, did you ever do the Myers Briggs? Have we ever talked about this? Do you know the Myers Briggs personality type indicator? Yeah, I took it. I don't remember. It's four what letters. I was. Uh, uh, oh, INFJ. INFJ. Or something. Okay. Oh, well, interesting. I don't, oh. I don't know. Boy, that's those a, are letters, yeah. right? In it. Yeah, we, I remember we went through a training one time. I'm an, I'm an ENTP, and we went through a training one time. One of the guys with us goes, uh, I think I'm an ESPN. I see everything through the lens of sports. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, I thought that was funny. Um, well, the 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 TF is thinker-feeler category, and it's sort of how you approach the world analytically or through values. Uh, I am high on the thinker side of that. Um, so, you know, I, I have this little joke where people say, Man, how, how are you feeling about such and such? And I'm like, I, I don't traffic in that. I think that's just unuseful for, for human beings to <laughs> analyze my feelings about this. I don't feel I, I will tell you what I think it. about my feelings. Should I do that? Should I, should I give you an analytic? Uh, it's not that I'm not feeling. <laughs> uh, uh, 
So I, I come from the vantage point. I don't think it's possible to overthink something. Like when people say things like you're overthinking it, I'm like, as compared to what? Uh, uh, certainly not underthinking it because I don't want that. To, I, I don't want that to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But we we were thinking it and overthinking it because we want uh, to have more impact in the content that we have and the content that's coming. So we'd love your help. If you have not already gone over to v- Vote Common Good on YouTube and you can just look for Vote Common Good and it'll pop right up and you'll see a subscribe button right there and subscribe. To get a certain set of features, your channel has to have a certain uh, certain status and that's the number of hours that people watch and the number of people who have chosen to subscribe. So it really helps us to just watch things on our channel. Just turn them on and let them run. If you want to turn the volume off, go ahead. But if every day you would just turn that little puppy on and let it roll, <laughs> uh, and if you have two computers uh, and you want to do that in your house with two computers or two devices or three or five, someone might be doing that currently, feel free. Let it let, let it roll because it just helps us. Doug, know. did you ever hear about this band that uh, tried to beat the Spotify? No game by making an album of complete silence they called it sleepify and then they asked their fans to just stream it all night long while they slept (laughs) and just racked up listens and plays on their album so so their streaming hours went up yeah exactly (laughs) that that is adorable also just put it on mute but that's even a better idea that you make a whole album of silence (laughs) as opposed to just saying people hey play all of our songs on mute with the volume uh, on. I don't know if that's a thing on Spotify. Uh, so, okay. So, so all those big changes, uh, freshen up on the podcast, uh, lectionary, common good explainers, uh, vote common good Q and a CNR uh, sessions, fearless conversations, common good candidates, moving our video stuff over to YouTube, all the rest of it. So that's what we got going on. Do we see yep. anything in the, uh, chat worth talking about. Mike uh, Duffreen says that Apple cleared $97 billion in the first three months of this year. My gosh. The amount... So people aren't that upset about the dongles, I guess. It's just oh. mild annoyance. No, I think the answer is it could have been $200 billion had they not gone with the <laughs> dongle approach. Well, maybe they made more money because you have to buy three dongles. Oh, that would be interesting to know how much money... It's always the upsell, the little additions, the accessories. Hey, by the way, speaking of accessories and little additions, if you head over to Vote Common Goods web webpage and sign up on our donation link there, that's uh, a pace for all this. Hey, Stephen's comment here is a great one. Uh, sorry, I needed to take the dog out before I leave. Uh, see you all later. We went on so long that the dog had to go. Um, that's, you know, there's this expression that three dog night made famous by their name, that it's a three dog night. Um, and that's a, I think Alaskan or Canadian phrase that it's so cold that it was called a three dog night. You need three dogs sleeping around you to keep yourself warm. Uh, I did not know. Is that so? That history of that. Ah, yeah. Three Dog Night, one of the most underrated bands. Boy, I'm telling you what, go on Spotify if you still want to support Joe Rogan because he needs your help, or go to any other streaming service or or Apple or whatever and and whip up uh, a Three Dog Night best of. And you're going to be like, they wrote that song? That's Three Dog Night? This is incredible. I'm going to play it all day. (laughs) Uh, uh, Which I do on uh, on a regular basis, especially when when I'm biking. 
I go for a bike ride for a couple of hours or something, man, you put on just one group and just let them ride with you? Oh, fantastic. Mm. Uh, well, if Three Dog Night is a reference to how cold it is, we should have a, this was a Stephen's dog had to go episode. Like it went so long, <laughs> Stephen had to go walk the dog. There was just that, that, that old dog. Uh, That'll be our little uh, safe word for when it's, Doug, it's yeah. time to walk the dog. We got to <laughs> right. land the plane Stephen's dog's, here. Stephen's dog's got to go. Uh, hey, Stephen, if, you, if you're still listening, which I'm sure you're not because you seem like an honest man who said, I got to go, and thanks for checking in on that, uh, we'd love to know the name of your dog, too, because then you could make that <laughs> dog the, the timer mascot and get some graphics of that dog showing up and things. Um, all right, anything else uh, that we should uh, look at from the, from the conversation here? It's kind of fun to see uh, quite a few people hopped over to YouTube just while we were... Oh. While we were going, what do you mean? So you see them great. chat? You can tell that because you see them chatting over there. What's what magic are you working? Yeah, yeah. So Stephen, Peggy, uh, Bonnie, all coming from YouTube. Oh, that makes now. me feel better. I was really worried about losing those uh, Facebook those Facebook friends. But other days, I know different days. We have different people that watch, um, and we're gonna we'll maybe hear different things on different days. So. We will just say, um, hey, we've made a whole video about this. Just click right here. It's a very YouTube-y thing. Just click right here um, if you uh, want to see our explanation for making our shift. Well, thanks for being a part of the podcast, everyone. And those of you that are on audio, you're thinking like, boy, you just didn't say anything about the audio side of this. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry about that. Because really, no, no changes on the audio front, right? We're still on same channels. No changes. Yep. Yeah, same you know what some people do? They make podcast shorts, not not clothing, mm-hmm. even though that would be awesome. We should make some podcast shorts, uh, but but short short little versions of of the of the podcast. I wonder if we'll do that with any of this other material we have. You know, the the explainers or the lectionary. Uh, I think we should. Well, there's a thought. There's a thought that'll fester. Reference from so the Stephen. Uh, uh, quick show. update: It's Snoopy. Snoopy. <laughs> hey, uh, I think we've gone on long enough. Snoopy's got to go. And Stephen, you have a that's dog great. named Snoopy. I mean, if that's a if that's a Bengal, is that what Snoopy beagle? was? What was, what was, was Snoopy the cartoon character? Was it a beagle? I mean, a Bengal is like a, a tiger, bangle. right? It's a little tiger. Is that it? <laughs> is it a beagle? Is that what I'm thinking of? A beagle. Well, at any rate, it's uh, what it's do you time, know? Time to let Snoopy out. <clears throat> let Snoopy go. Good. Anything else? Great. Got anything else on there? Nope. Hey, Bonnie writes something. You, uh, YouTube wouldn't let me chat all of a sudden. So here's what I was trying to say. I have the premium on YouTube. I'm a digital leader at my tiny rural church. Good for you, Bonnie. I prefer YouTube because Facebook changes on a constant basis and making you jump through hoops to get nonprofit recognition so you can include the donate button. Wow. Bonnie, where's, where's that little rural church that you're the digital director of? Because one of the things we like to do at Bo Common Good is to share with uh, other people, you know, churches and stuff that people are part of. So let us know that. And when we're done with any of these, or if you've listened to it on a recording or you're listening on the podcast, uh, I'm Doug at Vote Common Good. You can write to info at po- Vote Common Good. I think podcast at Vote Common Good. Dan at Vote Common Good. I mean, Almost make up a name. Word. Just yeah. make up a name and start at Vote Common Good. And I think it probably comes... I think we have the thing set up where even aliases to at Vote Common Good show up. You know how that works? 
Yeah, I think that's a thing we have. So anyway, send it to All Roads <clears throat> Lead to Vote Common. To Dan Info Podcast, Doug at Vote Common Good, and we'll we'll be glad to look at it on email. Any of the input that you have uh, for us. So thanks all for being a part of this and for making the common good your uh, your criteria, not only for how you vote, but maybe for how you live. So we'll talk to you soon. Like tomorrow. Bye everybody. Bye.